Hey everybody, can you guys hear the birds chirping in the background? I have my window open um, for some fresh air, you know, because it's finally like warm enough to have my window open, so I'm just enjoying it being open. I actually can a little bit, but it's kind of soothing. I feel like it's like, you know, atmospheric. <laughs> um. Anyway, like, welcome back to the podcast, y'all. Uh, did anything interesting or true crimey happen to you guys this week? I just recently got back from a trip to Las Vegas and oh, she didn't die. I but at the same time <laughs> I've never I've, I've never been catcalled that much in my life. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, don't catcall women. But you know, so yeah, this week's episode is on um the English House of Horrors. I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah, with this. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, it, so I just realized we don't do a lot of British cases. Like, we did that one in Australia. Have we done any in England yet? We did a French one. Yeah, I don't think we've done anything. Yeah, we haven't done one in England. Jack the Ripper, um, not Jack the Ripper, (laughs) the Yorkshire Ripper. Jack the Ripper, it's like from the 1800s. Yeah, Um, is the Yorkshire Ripper coming up? on my list of people um so I I kind of went on like a um a kick where I ended up watching a bunch of episodes of like some true crime documentaries on Netflix so I watched Uh a little bit of Son of Sam and then I watched a little bit was the Son of Sam one good yeah it's it starts off kind of slow um but I'm that's on my list to like actually finish the research because I watched the episodes but like it's really hard to take notes and watch tv at the same time so i'm gonna yeah. go back and read over like the case stuff that i can find on the internet and do that episode so that so his name's david berkowitz that's on my list um and then the yorkshire ripper is on my list too so we'll do another english case eventually and maybe i'll start looking at like true crime british true crime cases and see if i can find anything because i think that that i mean there is true crime in every country so we could do some yeah cases, i'm sure yeah um, well, and what's nice is, like, they have pretty, I mean, there's, like, reporting is very similar to ours, and so, like, same with Canada. Right, So, like, yeah. um, we, you usually can find a decent amount of stuff on the internet, like, archived news stories and stuff, so. Um, so, yeah, anyway, this, um, <laughs> this is, like, a really terrible, like, married killer duo. Uh, I mean, not only were they killers, they were just, like, all-around terrible human beings, but you said married like that was gonna make it better you're like they're a married duo i (laughs) meaning like it's like one of these situations where like two psycho people meet each other um even though the universe like you know that should never happen but like anywho this is one of those situations where two crazy people just happen to meet each other and i guess fall in love in their own weird like sadistic way and, you know, it turned out very badly for a lot of people, uh, including the people that got married. So uh, <laughs> we're going to start off by introducing the patriarch of the family that ended up being the story in the House of Horrors. 
Uh, his name was Fred West. And good old Fred was born September 29th, 1941, to a family of poor farm workers in, it's called Much Markle, Much Marcel. Uh, it's in Herefordshire, which I believe is southern England. Don't quote me on that. Uh, basically, Fred's father was like a fan of corporal punishment. It's corporal where it's physical. Corporal. Yeah, because corp, body. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he was a fan of hitting his children and his mother, on the other hand, like weirdly contrasting to that was like super overbearing and like overprotective and kind of coddled her children, especially the boys. Um, but Fred was her favorite. He was her favorite of her six children. And Fred seemed to not really be like friends with a lot of his peers. Is it because he had a weird overprotective mother? Perhaps. But, you know, it Apparently, a lot of, like, his peers from grade school, when they were asked, they were like, yeah, he, like, was, like, really good with his hands, and he was really good at, like, physical tasks, but he, like, was not literate. Like, he was really bad at reading and writing, so um, for this reason, most likely, he left school at age 15, so this was around December 1956 that he left school, and he started working as a farmhand, so, which is what his family did, like, they were just, you know, poor laborers. Um, Fred, at like, later in life, he claimed that he was introduced to sex by his mother around age 12. Um, and as, as well as around this time, he started engaging in bestiality. Oh, um, he also claimed that, uh, so Fred also claimed that he saw his father, like, raping his sisters and kind of saw this as, like, a normal, like, incest he saw incest as being, like, somewhat normal because he remembers seeing a lot of his dad doing that kind of thing around this time. And um, so that I, it, it's almost like he, like, uses his later actions, like, he uses this to, like, justify his later actions. Like, he's like, oh, well, I, you know, I was raised in, like, this weird household and I'm not responsible at all for my actions because my dad made it seem like it was so normal to, you know... Like, incest was so normal, you know? Um, apparently, Fred's brother, Doug, though, was like, yeah, this is bullshit. Um, whether or not that's true or whether or not Doug... Whether or not Doug just, like, didn't know about it or he... Or maybe it genuinely wasn't happening. Um, you know, that remains to be seen, probably. But according to Fred, his dad kind of normalized incest for him from a very young age. Was the bestiality his father's doing? Probably not. Fred was probably just a weirdo. Um, let's be clear on that. Uh, <laughs> in 1957, Fred and his brother John began socializing at like a youth club. So like kind of just like a youth center. By this time, Fred was like 16. Uh, anyway, the youth club was in Ledbury. And um, <laughs> a lot of the other people at the club kind of saw them as like like trailer trash and like country trash because they had a really sh thick it's called a Herefordshire accent uh I don't I'm not like super familiar with like the different English accents really like but apparently like certain ones you can kind of tell where somebody is from in England by like their accent I don't know if you know more about that Hannah um I don't but yes there is like somebody it's so, like for example um Connor's great aunt and great uncle they're like from different areas of England 
and they sound different, right? Like they've been married for a long time, but they don't sound the same. Yes. I mean, same with, same with like in the United States where different places have different accents. So. Yeah. Um, but you know, like for whatever reason, they were like considered even more, like they had an even stronger country accent, even though they were in an area where probably everybody had like somewhat of a country accent, but I would assume it's also sort of like where you get your education. Cause I mean, that's sort of how it is in the U S like, like colloquialisms are different depending on like, right. Or like what kind you, of school, like, did you go to a private school or did yeah. you go to, you know, were like, you, were you raised on a farm? Like, did you not have the greatest education when you were a kid? Like, were you, were you kind of, you know, like stereotypically, were you like raised in a way that you would be brought up to have a little bit of a different like dot not even like necessarily accent but like dialect like the words you choose to use would be different uh-huh. if you depending on where you were raised but very similar to the united states so yeah definitely um so basically fred and john like they weren't like super popular because of that because people are judgy but also because i guess fred like aggressively pursued women like and pretty much anytime a girl like a young woman got close to him he kind of like grabbed their ass or grabbed their boobs like he was kind of known to be like just super forward and i mean maybe it it, obviously it worked sometimes because he was kind of known to like the women that he had like talked into sleeping with him were like yeah he was terrible because he only really cared about himself getting off and yeah. like he didn't necessarily he wasn't like a pleaser or anything well, it like it sounds like he lacked um like self like just basic self control like oh totally if he wanted, yeah if he wanted something he would try to get it yeah it sounds like and yeah again like the women that he actually did convince to have sex with him were like yeah he was like super selfish and like didn't really give a shit that we like he didn't care like who was there as long as somebody was there you know like, as disgusting as that sounds, like, he very much saw women as objects, and he very much had, like, a very, like, sexist view of, like, sex. Like, he kind of, like, saw women as being, like, the pleasure givers, and it's, like, it didn't really matter anything past that, right? Like, women were sex objects to Fred from a very young age. Where he learned that, you know, you could probably, like, argue that there was different places that he learned it from. Was it from his father? Maybe. Um, just cause that's how, that's how most young men like learn their attachments, not attachment style. They're like, their perception of women, they learn from however their dad or their father figure. Cause that's, I mean, this was like a long time ago. So it was like a much more patriarchal society than it is now. Um, so especially in like a small town, like I'm sure it was very like old fashioned, but, you know, he was old-fashioned to the extreme, right? He was like, yeah, these women are here for my pleasure and that's it. Um, they're sex objects, like 100%. Even at 16, you know, when he started going to this club. Um, for Fred's 17th birthday, he bought a motorcycle um, and he crashed it two months later. So, is karma real? Probably. I would argue yes. Um and this might have been karma for young Fred who liked to fondle women and didn't couldn't take no for an answer. Um, in this crash, he suffered a fractured skull, a broken arm, and a broken leg. Uh, and he had to use, like, a brace for a long time uh, because he couldn't walk 
well while it was healing. He was also in co- unconscious in the hospital for a week. And uh, this kind of led to like a lifelong fear of hospitals because he, you know, he was in a hospital bed for a week. Um, and he also, obviously, he sub- sustained a pretty severe head injury. And um, for like the immediate time following the accident, he had like really intense outbursts of rage, like uncontrollable uncontrollable rage which uh likely had to do with his uh, prefrontal lobe being damaged um this is kind of important because you know your prefrontal lobe is your ability to think critically it's your ability to see consequences for your actions before you do them like and you know most people's prefrontal lobes aren't fully developed until especially men like 25 is what they say so it's very likely his brain had some serious injury to it that changed his life for the worse honestly so clearly like he obviously had some issues but we we would have never known like if he would have turned out to be to do what he had like actually did if he hadn't been in that accident because you would I mean you would have to imagine that would play at least some of some part in it like yeah he was he was pretty messed up beforehand but um like you said it takes out like even more of like his sense of like what is right and what is wrong so yeah well and yeah the thing about head trauma is like I mean that's your entire at who are you who you are as a person is in your brain so like Head trauma can cause some serious, like, life-altering changes to your personality. Like, you know, even if you were a semi-decent person before the head trauma, like, which obviously Fred was not, um, you know, it can change your entire personality. So, Um, so two years later, um, a woman that Fred had tried to grope on a fire escape at the youth club punched him, apparently, and, like, kind of fought back. And uh, he fell down two flights of stairs and, like, hit his head again in, like, the same spot. Um, So, again, one, serious head trauma is pretty intense. Two, like, within a couple years, while your brain is still, like, forming its fully functioning capabilities, like, that's insane, you know? Like, that's a lot. Like, case in point, there, something clearly was wrong with his brain after this point that like made him do what he actually went on to do well and you know like, like just one kept head- escalating too yeah. yeah one head injury is you know okay not okay but like and then two within a couple years like while your brain is still forming still like healing too yeah june of 1961 fred was about to be 20 so he was just over 19 and his 13 year old sister kitty um told her mother that fred had been raping her for six months six months and he had gotten her pregnant um kitty refused to testify against him in a court case um and pretty much the case collapsed because of that because she wouldn't testify against him um fred apparently like was freely saying like yeah i'd been molesting girls since his early teens i don't know that i couldn't find that he like specifically admitted to raping his sister but he'd been groping and in inappropriately touching young girls pretty much his entire pubescent life and even slightly before that um it seems like fred like whatever relationship he had with his family was completely fractured after this like 
he it doesn't seem like he really talked to anybody in his family except for his brother john after this um and it does seem like john for a little bit like wasn't speaking to him and he kind of started again um but it seems like the family was pretty convinced that he was doing it but like they couldn't necessarily get him in trouble with the law because kitty you know obviously she was traumatized and she was impregnated so like I, I couldn't exactly find what came of that. I'm sure there's somewhere you can find it, but it was so long ago that also I'm sure the child is protected. So Good. Um, that's if she kept it. Uh, so a little bit about Fred's first marriage. So Catherine uh, Costello, she went by Raina. She was a woman from Glasgow who became impregnated by an Asian bus driver. Um, she was unmarried and, you know, at this time it was... Not only was it weird to have children with somebody of a different race, but it was, you know, even more looked down upon to have child out children out of wedlock. Um, Fred and Raina, they met previously when Raina was living in England. Um, but basically, like, Raina had moved to England because her parents were like, oh my gosh, you can't raise your mixed race child in our household, like... So she kind of ran away from Glasgow, Glasgow, Scotland, by the way. Um, and she met Fred. Um, basically, like, she knew Fred from before. And then she went back home to Glasgow, got pregnant. Her parents kicked her out. So she went to live with Fred. And um, they, you know, fell in love and they got married. Uh, Fred was 21 at the time when they got married in November of 1962. Uh Raina's daughter, Charmaine, was born March 1963, and the couple claimed that Raina had miscarried and the... So, like, you know, Raina was walking around pregnant when she got married to Fred, um, and to, like, explain why the baby was half Asian, they were like, oh, she miscarried, and we actually adopted this child. Um, they thought that was going to convince people? You know... Like, it's not that far off. Like, it, it, would yeah. be a, it would be a really weird coincidence, like, if the timing worked out that way. But, I mean, like, I guess technically it's possible, right? Yeah. Well, so, like, I mean, I'm assuming that I don't think people would have believed it was his child anyway. You know what I mean? Because um, they had just gotten married. And uh, so Charmaine, Raina, and Fred all moved to Bridgeton, Glasgow. So that's, like, just a district of Glasgow. Um, in July 1964, Anna Marie was born. This is um, Raina and Fred's first child. So they, you know, got pretty busy, like, right away. Even though Raina had literally just had a child with another man. Um, Raina, like, loved the children and she, you know, was a devout mother. And she really, it really seemed like she, like, wanted to be a mother and she, like, enjoyed raising children. Um, but Fred was, like, pretty... He was kind of a dick to them, honestly, and, like, he would, uh, he made, like, this, like, jail cell, quote-unquote, out of their bunk bed, where he kind of just, like, put some bars across the bottom part of the bunk bed so that, like, and he would keep them in there when he, like, wasn't home. Or he kept them in there when he was home, and he only let them out when he wasn't home. Like, he, like, straight up just, like, hated children. Like, he didn't want to so, see them when he was home. Damn. So, in that sense, it does, that does make me think that they're probably... Um, like that would be from a direct correlation of like his dad treating them like shit, like him and his brothers and sisters or whatever. Yeah. Um, that that seems like pretty like on on trend for me. Like it makes sense that he would hate children if his dad hated him. 
So. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I think honestly having two children under the age of two probably like you probably I mean, obviously he wasn't a good dude, but I think it was like he like didn't want kids like running around the house basically. Like when he was home, he basically didn't want to see them. Like they were only really allowed to like walk around their own home when he wasn't there. So, um So Fred, you know, being the awesome man that he was, uh, he had, like, numerous affairs. Uh, so he was married to Raina, but, you know, he was fucking everybody, basically. Um, there's, like, uh, there's alleged that he fathered at least one child during this period with one of his affairs. Um, obviously we don't necessarily know who that is, but, um, he was having enough sex with enough random women that he had to have, like, by odds, fathered at least one child. Right. Um, so, because... So, Raina, poor Raina, she knew Fred was fucking around on her. And she, you know, was like, oh, you're messing around on me. I'm going to start a relationship with somebody, too. And I'm going to have an affair. So, she started seeing John McLaughlin. Um, basically, when Fred found out about this, because, you know, Fred... Only men are allowed to cheat on their wives. Wives are not allowed to cheat on their husbands. Um, he, like, brutally beat her um, several, several times because anytime he even thought that she was out with John, he, like, beat her when she got home. Um, once McLaughlin realized that Fred was, like, beating up Raina and, like, it was sort of because of him, um, he, like, would regularly come to the house and start fights with Fred and, like, beat the shit out of him. Um, Fred was, like, an actual, no, like, Fred was, like, a little pussy. Like, he liked to hit women because, you know, he was bigger than them and, like, they didn't really want to, like, they couldn't fight Yeah, he didn't want to fight men. Um, but yeah, as soon as it came to, like, men, like, no. He, like, literally, he didn't stand a chance against John. John beat the shit out of him several times. Um, McLaughlin, apparently on, he, like, said this later in an interview, he witnessed one time Fred, uh, like, slap Charmaine across the face because she asked if she could have ice cream. So Fred at this time was an ice cream truck driver, um, and Charmaine was like, can I have an ice cream? And he, like, slapped her across the face for asking, basically. Um, and so on November 4th, 1965... Uh, there was an incident where Fred basically accidentally ran over and killed a small boy with his ice cream truck. Oh! Um, I was hoping he, you were going to say animal. No, it was it was a child. Um, oh my god. And he, you know, for obvious, and like, I'm pretty sure it was an accident. Like, it's not like he intentionally ran this I kid over. I don't really think it matters. Um, but, you know, for obvious reasons, he freaked out. And so he ran away. Um, they fled to, uh, I think it's Gloucester, Gloucester. I, I know all those like weird, like Worcestershire, like I know they're all kind of like you say them in a different way, but I think it's Gloucester, 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 but there are so many places in like England that literally the names, I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Or they're like, you're skipping entire syllables (laughs) or or they're like multiple words. So it's like something on something or. What? something 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 like it's like multiple words instead of just like one name for a city like that's a very yeah. common um so i understand the confusion i'm confused right now as we speak <laughs> yeah basically fred was like oh my god the they're gonna come arrest me for manslaughter 
So he rented like a like a caravan, like a trailer, like a camper trailer in Gloucester, Gloucester. Um, and they started living there. So Raina, um, and the children, along with uh, they had a nanny named I think it's Isa, Isa, Isa McNeil, and then they had like this family friend. Her name was Anna McFall. She kind of comes into play later. Um, she was like a teenager at the time and she kind of like was like friends with Raina, but she also was mostly friends with Issa. Um, and they basically Raina, the kids, Issa and Anne all joined Fred in Gloucester, um, in February of 1966. So they, you know, they all start living in this like tiny little trailer. Um, I, I want to say I read somewhere it was two bedrooms. Don't quote me on that. And like, you know, bedrooms being the keyword, right? It's a trailer. It's like yeah, like a single wide trailer. Um and you know, with everybody living together in the same house, tensions were high because Fred is a dick. Like, sorry, was a dick. Fred was a dick. Um he like straight up like it was like his way or the highway, you know. So, um at the around this time he also began working at a slaughterhouse, um which, you know, for somebody who has homicidal tendencies working at a slaughterhouse is probably not the best way to make them not homicidal um and but obviously like this didn't necessarily working at the slaughterhouse didn't quell his desire to kill people because he regularly beat the shit out of Raina and Issa um because he was still having these like super like random outbursts of rage and so he would just beat them like absolutely crazy um, there were several times when he beat Charmaine. It seemed like he didn't have as much of an issue beating Charmaine as he did Anne. Anne was a little bit, she was like a year younger, but I, I think because as terrible as it is, Charmaine wasn't his kid. So he had like a little bit more of a distant perspective on it. Like when he was beating her, um, he also, Fred also encouraged Raina to prostitute herself, um, because he was the only one working, um. And he, I guess they needed more money to help support the household. Uh, Prostitution is obviously (laughs) the only option for a career. Again, Fred, you know, it's very obviously what he, it's very obvious what he thought of women. And it wasn't a very nice thought at all. Um, So Raina and Issa, they eventually joined forces with McLaughlin to escape from Fred. Um, McLaughlin and Issa's boyfriend, John Trotter, both of their names are John, John and John. Basically, they, um, (laughs) they arrive at the caravan in the middle of the night and they had kind of like devised this plan ahead of time where they were going to escape and run away. Um, but Anne, remember teenager Anne, she knew about this plan. And I guess by this time she kind of like had become infatuated with Fred. Like she had like a weird crush on him um and she had told him the entire plan she had told them that they were planning on running away and so like fred and Anne were like waiting there when the johns got there Anne, no yeah Anne, no. No. Why? um yeah she was not uh very sisterly <laughs> uh she wasn't their sister but like you know she she was like in love with fred for whatever reason even though Fred had nothing to offer. Um, 
So Fred and John, they, McLaughlin, John McLaughlin, they had a physical fight. Um, the police were called, uh, basically by the end of it, Raina and Issa, they ran off. Um, the Johns ran off and Fred said that if he ever saw them again, he'd kill them. So Raina and Issa and the Johns, they escaped. Um, the children are still with Fred. Uh, Raina was like, she's kind of scared to try to take the children because it had ended so violently last time, but she... She had, like, she didn't really have a choice. She was, like, very scared that Fred would kill her. And, like, I mean, that's not unreasonable. It kind of sounded like he was the kind of guy to just, like, beat her too much one day and her die. Um, she visited a lot of time, though. A lot of times, though, to make sure the kids were okay. Um, she also was, like, really fucking mad that Anne was, like, pretending to be their mother. Because um, she was, you know, she was Fred's little, like, tattletale. And, yeah, Raina was pretty pissed. She was pr- pissed at Fred. She was pissed at Anne. Him? What's wrong with Anne? Like, she probably the fact is- that she's, like, in love with him? I wonder if it else. was some, like, weird, like, grooming situation. Like, I I wonder if that's, like, because kind of how it went. Because just as a note, um, look up Fred West real quick, just while you're listening to this. Not like this man was, like, good-looking or anything. No, um, he had almost so, nothing to offer. He so wasn't smart. He wasn't he smart. Must, it, right, and she must have... She knows that he's abusing everybody. So, like, there's no way that she thought he had any redeeming qualities. It must have been some sort of, like, a manipulation, grooming sort of situation. Um, well, and, like, Fred had power, and maybe, like, she was weird... Because, you know, she was young. She was a teenager, um, but, uh, so on one occasion, Raina was really, she, I mean, she's really pissed off at Fred. She's really pissed off at Anne. She's like, I can't believe you're keeping w- one of the children who's not even biologically Fred's captive, basically. Um, and she was so pissed off that she like stole some stuff out of the trailer, um, and then like fled to Glasgow. I think it was some of Anne's stuff at, she, for whatever reason, it seemed like she was mostly mad at Anne for like spilling the beans on their escape um but basically reina got caught for like stealing stuff because you know justice is never served in this world so she got in trouble for stealing shit and she got like three years probation for it um Anne eventually moved out of fred's caravan um it seemed like for a second like she was kind of gonna go do her own thing but she also was kind of at the same time like hoping that Fred would divorce Raina and marry her because she again was weirdly in love with him. Also, Anne was from Scotland and she kind of I think saw like she didn't necessarily see herself moving back to Scotland and the only way she could stay in England is if Fred married her. Um obviously this is her logic, right? Like this isn't my logic. I'm like she telling really you what was like, probably going through her brain. <laughs> She literally, could literally have, any like, man, literally anybody else, like literally, literally anybody any else. other man on the street. Like I don't even care. Like just literally <laughs> anybody else. But oh, well, literally anybody else. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of relaying. This is like what Anne wrote in the letters that she wrote to her family. Um, between 1966 and 1967, she was like, I don't really want to go back to Scotland because her her good friend Issa McNeil, um, who was the nanny for the for Fred's family um she had gone back to Scotland her and Raina are in Glasgow and 
uh, Issa, I think, was writing her being like, you should join us. Like, you're not safe there. And, I mean, in the end, they were right. But, um, you know, poor young Anne probably was... She was misled, I feel like, and she... It sucks, but she kind of paid for it, you know? Uh, so Anne McFall became pregnant with Fred's child at age 18, and in July 1987, um, she disappeared. At this point, she was about eight months pregnant. Um, her dismembered remains were found buried in a cornfield near uh, Much Markle, March, Much Marcel. This is remember this is where Fred was born. Kaylee and... never gives us any transition. She's just like her remains were found, and I'm like, when the fuck did she die? She's dead. The, the thing dead. is, the thing is, is we don't, we don't really know what happened to her. Um, we know she was eight months pregnant when she just like when she was seen last, um, and we know that her body was found in a field in June 1994. And the, so the you know that's that's like seven years. So was she the baby still in her? Yeah. So, so um, okay. well, so it appeared that like the baby was not in her when like when they found the remains. Like there wasn't remains of a child. Um, but they don't think she gave birth we don't know we have like, no idea i was alive. not like is there a is not, there a baby that they like had that um fred had in his possession that could have been her child by chance or is the baby um like, too? i'm a i'm a the baby has to be dead like there's no way like you know it wasn't that long ago like there would have been evidence of this child you know uh, um yeah i guess maybe i don't know i definitely think it's a possibility like, I literally, now I'm, like, curious, because now, I didn't, like, dig super deep, because it seemed pretty obvious that, um, like, this baby just died. Like, because he stabbed her. He later admitted to stabbing her, but, um, he, he did later admit that they, like, had had a fight and he stabbed her. Um, I think by that point, they, because, like, this baby, like, Anne McFall was never reported missing, um she just kind of like stopped existing <laughs> like um i think like fred had probably com like completely isolated her so i doubt she had like a lot of friends other than like you know her family but they were so far away that um yeah anyway they know that fred was involved though because uh basically <laughs> whoever killed Anne, which it was fred um, that he had, like, disarticulated all of her limbs, like, super carefully. So, meaning he, like, popped them out of the sockets. Um, he took, he, like, kept most of her finger bones. Like, most of them weren't in the grave site that they found. Um, he kept them as souvenirs, by the way. Um, and yeah, it didn't really, it didn't seem like there was the remains of a baby in the grave. So, whatever happened to the baby, I, you know, I, I sort of don't want to know, like, because... I hope it, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it was something bad. Like, so. there was probably something really bad that happened. He doesn't even like his own kids, let alone, like, a baby. I mean, that was his own kid, but let alone a ba an unborn child. Like, I doubt that he would have had any remorse at all for killing, like, a kid. So, um, so the remains of Anne McFall, there was, like, remnants of, like, fabric stuck to all of her bones like her skeleton um and they believe that this is probably this probably means she was tied up at some point um yes this like eight month pregnant woman was 
tied up. Um, basically, I don't know. Fred kind of went back and forth on this story, but more or less it just sounds like he like stabbed her and he was upset. He probably instantly killed her. The baby died later. He, it's, for the most part, it doesn't sound like he dismembers them for it's like he partially dismembers them to make them easier to bury but he also partially dismembers them because he wants to keep bones as like trinkets essentially yeah no fred no um so after Anne died reyna briefly returned to um live with fred uh at this point he lived in the lake house caravan park but she left like within the year um and basically anytime fred didn't have a woman living with him so like between so between the time when Anne died and rose and reyna came back and like then reyna left basically anytime there wasn't a woman there like social services like had the children because fred like did not give two shits about raising children <laughs> like that was like not his priority he believed in every aspect that, like, that was a woman's job. So anytime there wasn't a woman around, he was not taking care of his children at all. Um, so in comes Rosemary. Rosemary Letts uh, was born November 29th, 1953, to a poor family, um, just like Fred. Uh, she was the fifth of seven children. And Rose's mother, her name was Daisy, which weirdly enough is also Fred's mom's name. Um, yeah, like I didn't really realize that until later. And I was like, oh, they, they're both their moms are named Daisy. That's kind of strange. Mm. What's up, Hannah? I was going to, well, at first I thought you meant, never mind. I was going to say like, maybe that has something to do with the fact that he was a little bit too into his mother, if you know what I mean. If you if you're picking up what I'm running down, which is like literally plain English, like he was into his mother. His mother taught him something about sex, and then he became the way he is. So, anyway, well, and you know, remember, Fred was born in 1941, so Rosemary is about 12 years younger than him. Um, so Rose's mother, Daisy, uh, she suffered depression like her entire life and um while she was pregnant with rose and as well as several of her other children she was getting electroconvulsive therapy um which at the time was a very common treatment for depression um was it healthy for a pregnant woman absolutely not um as if you needed to be explained that <laughs> um so after rose's parents separated she lived with her mother for like six months and then uh, moved in with her father at age 16. They lived in Bishop's Cleave, uh, Glu- Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Gloucester. Connor, Connor, do you know how to say, um, what would be the British pronunciation of Gloucestershire? Oh, God, Hannah, that was bad. Connor says he doesn't know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, my... Our expert witness. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the, she went to live with him um, at like age 16. Uh, Rose's father was a paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, Rose, Rose did not, Rosemary did not have healthy parents at all, right? Like her, while Fred's parents seemed like mostly mentally stable, Rose's parents were both, had serious mental health issues. Um, yeah, her father was a paranoid schizophrenic. He repeatedly, repeatedly sexually abused Rose. 
as well as her older sister Patricia. Um, Rose would allegedly like because she had such a weird perception of sex and sexuality because like I just can't even imagine how messed up your perception of sex would be if like your own parent was having sex with you like not to get super graphic I forgot to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this but lots of incest lots of incest is going to be present in this story if that is triggering to you stop listening now hopefully you've already stopped listening if you are triggered by incest but I mean not to say that everyone isn't triggered by incest but and just sexual abuse by a parent um and again I can't really imagine how much that would skew your perception of like your sexuality and being hypersexualized constantly not to say that parents who sexually abuse their children are motivated by sex it's much more about power but you know as a young woman like just barely hitting puberty like I could see how you would feel so like you would start to notice like what aggravated your parents and what caused them to sexually assault you and I'm sure that would give you such a weird perception of like your body and like being sexualized um and this is pretty evident because Rose like allegedly would parade around her home naked all the time or like semi-naked like just in her underwear um and she did it like specifically in front of her younger brother Graham who was like three years younger than her um at age 13 Rose began molesting Graham and as well as her youngest brother Gordon um Rose uh sexually assaulted Graham at least once when he was 12 um meaning like she there is like a little bit of a distinction there because she was molesting him pre-puberty um and then it attacked him at least once as far as like sexual intercourse um so basically rose was like a super fucked up person and she it's important to note that she was fucked up on her own she was fucked up before she met fred um and these were two just very fucked up people that happened to cross paths in early 1969 summer of 69 i know what a terrible summer for them to have met. The song but, was not written about them. BTS. Um, <laughs> no, because sixteen. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, they met when Fred was twenty-seven and Rose had just turned fifteen. Um, no. when they first sat, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they. I guess this is so. We'll play some like romantic piano music. Uh, they sat next to each other. Oh, it's more like horror movie, but okay. <laughs> um, actually, horror music probably makes more sense. Yes. So <laughs> they met uh, when they sat next to each other at Cheltenham bus station. Um, Rose, apparently, like, the first time she saw him was, like, absolutely grossed out because he... Fred, like, didn't really care what he looked like, right? Like, he didn't take good care of himself. He probably was, like, super unshaven. And he had probably, like, really scraggly hair, really scraggly mustache and beard. And she basically was like, this is disgusting. Um, but Fred, the romantic that he is, kept showing up and sitting next to her and complimenting her and telling her how he, as a 27-year-old man, thought she was so beautiful. Remember, she was 15. Um, and, you know, 
Absolutely Somehow, not. Some, I'm trying to think of, like, the scraggliest, grossest man I can think of showing up and sitting next to me at a bus stop and constantly telling me I was pretty. I don't know that I would take that bus anymore. Like, and, and would you fall in love with him and, like, move, like exactly. be in a relationship with him? That's even exactly. more far-fetched. Like, um, maybe you'd need to take that bus, but, like, love him? No. You don't need to do but that. But also, like, you know, as gross as it sounds, like maybe she was weirdly because she was molested by her father and sexually assaulted by her father like i she probably was like weirdly like it made sense to her to be interested in an older man because her father was older like you know in some like weird perverted way like i wonder if that's what she saw in him was like a fatherly figure but like anyway um fred quickly saw how promiscuous rose was and um he he kind of like was pretty quick to want to start a relationship with her because again fred didn't like taking care of his children and he wanted somebody to watch his children right and i guess he's told rose this like really sob story one time and was like my children's mother abandoned them and we need i need somebody to take care of them and i would love to have more children because the current my the mother of my current children has abandoned us and like i want to have more kids and like you're young and you're a young buck and like let's have kids together you know i don't know why my fred voice sounds like that um it sounds Basically. like too similar to your voice. You need to make it more different otherwise. Oh, okay. Weird. Sorry. I'm not good at voices. I'm, I'm not good kidding. at like accents either. I I can't even do a British accent. Honestly, now that I'm th- I just tried to do it and I can't even think of how to do it. Um so Fred <laughs> Fred again, the romantic. Um he found out where Rose worked. Uh she worked at this like bakery. And he showed up to ask her out on a date. Um apparently like the story goes that he asked a woman um, to go into the shop and, like, give a gift to Rose and say, oh, it's from that guy outside, like, some random guy outside. Um, I don't, I think, like, basically the woman was like, no, and so Fred went in and and asked her out anyway, but, um, oh, that's, like, how the story like, goes. That would, that would literally be me that was just like, uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. Bye. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> um, so Rose began dating Fred, and caring for his daughters um because fred only sees women as caretakers and sex objects um she but yeah anyway rose kind of felt bad for the kids i think because again their father was fred and their mother wasn't around because she was afraid of their father um and initially in the beginning like it seems like rose kind of like took them under her wing she like went She took them on, like, little adventures to collect flowers. She took them on, like, walks around, like, the little town. Um, And she very much had, like, kind of, like, an older sister attachment to them. Um, Fred, at one point, convinced Rose to leave her job um, to care for the children full time. And Rose was like, well, like, my parents are going to notice that I'm not sending money home um, from, like, the job I told them I had. And he was like, well, what if I give you some money so you can, like, pretend that you still have a job, right? Um, and Rose was like, sure, why not? Um, sure, I guess. Uh, we're already in some weird relationship, so why not? 
Um, several several months later, Rose some for some reason thought it was a good idea to introduce Fred to her family and her parents. Um, Fred, who is 12 years older than her. Um, her parents, you know, for all the bad things that they have done, they were like, what the fuck? This, this is a grown man. Like, you're a child. Yeah. Uh, and her father, I guess, like, threatened to call social services several times if Fred, like, didn't ditch his daughter, basically. Yeah, basically, Rose's dad was like, fuck no. Um, I think it's, like, he actually did call the, yeah, he, he eventually called the authorities, um, and she was put in, like, a home for troubled teens in Cheltenham in August of 1969, so, like, shortly after they started dating, um, she was allowed to, like, leave every once in a while, because she was in, like, a home for, like, kids that, like, teenagers that the parents didn't know what to do with them because they were crazy, and she was allowed to, like, take visits to leave her, like, to visit her family, and uh she rarely visited her family she usually went and visited fred um because you know for what it, whatever it is fred really like got to her got to her yeah um on rose's 16th birthday she got to leave um like the home she was staying in uh and she returned back to her parents home she wasn't there for very long i think it was like not even a couple months and before she immediately moved back in with Fred, um, at this point, he was living in a flat in Cheltenham. So, like, not super far from the, like, troubled teens home she was living in. Um, Fred went and picked up his kids from social services because, again, anytime there was w- not a woman in the house, he just was like, here, just take my children. I don't want to deal with them because I don't the have hell? a to deal Wait, with are them. are we sure that social services was, like, okay with that? Like, so <laughs> I'm confused. I, I mean... I'm assuming it was, like, a lack of resources issue. Rose's father, um, knowing Rose moved back in with Fred, um, had Rose examined by a police surgeon in February of 1970 who determined that she was pregnant and that Fred had been having... Well, I mean, technically it was consensual because she was 16, which is the age of consent, but, um... I mean, they basically were like, this is fucked up. You need to get rid of this kid. This is, like, a very inappropriate relationship. Um, they let her go from the hospital on March 6, 1970, uh, after she promised that she would abort the child. Um, she didn't, and she had the kid. And um, basically after this, Rose's parents, like, didn't really talk to her anymore. Um, I think they had, like, kind of been like, well, we did all we could do, you know? And not that Fred's, or not that, sorry, not that Rose's dad really could say much. Like, he literally raped her and probably fucked her up enough that she ended up with Fred, is all I'm going to say. Like, anyway, her parents kind of gave up on her. They stopped talking to her around this point. Um, And Rose and Fred, they moved into a, like, a two-story house. They lived on, like, the bottom floor of, like, this house. And it was in Midland. It was on Midland Road in Gloucester, 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 Gloucester. On October 17th, 1970, um, Rose's first child and Fred's third, fourth, something, um, was born. Her name was Heather Ann. Um, there is a lot of speculation, and this 
you know, this is intense, so prepare yourselves. Make sure you're sitting down or don't swerve into the road if you're driving. Um, Swerve off the road, not into the road. Uh, There was a lot of speculation that the child that Rose gave birth to was actually fathered by her father and not Fred. Um, He had been, like, raping her pretty regularly. But is that possible? Like, timeline-wise? Timeline-wise, it it is very possible. Um, Especially because she was back living with them briefly. Uh, after she got out of the um, the home for troubled teens. So, uh, and again, there wouldn't necessarily be the speculation if it wasn't possible. Uh, Rose's dad was not a good dude. Um, anyway, two months, two months after Heather was born, Fred was imprisoned for theft. Um, he did a lot of, like, petty crimes. Like, he would literally just, like, steal random shit and try to resell it. It sounded... It's, I read somewhere that, like, he was, like, stealing, like, tires and car parts to resell. Um, I think I think that's why he was imprisoned on this specific occasion. Um, and he was imprisoned until June 24th of 1971. Um, at this time, uh, Rose was 17 and she was now responsible for three children. She was responsible for Charmaine, um, Anne-Marie, and Heather. Uh, sorry, Anna Marie. Anna Marie later said that Rose repeatedly emotionally and physically abused her and Charmaine. Um, and I, I want to emphasize that, like, Rose was literally a child taking care of other children. So other children that weren't hers. And even some the of one that, that, yeah, one of the ones that was hers, regardless of if it was Fred's or her father's, was a product of, um, like, non possibly non-consensual sex right yeah so like it it's not that far-fetched that she was treating i mean obviously it's horrible but like she was in a crappy situation right i mean i don't i don't really have much sympathy for her because i know what happens um but yeah i get what you're saying um but yeah anyway anna marie like later was like so anna marie wrote like a book or something like that or no was it Anna Marie somebody wrote a book and a lot of the kids that were still alive when the book was written um like gave like stories of like what their childhood was like getting raised by Rose and Fred and basically Anna Marie said that Rose was like having a tough time raising three children honestly but she also was like really mad that Charmaine specifically like didn't really like react when she was um abused or like put down or disciplined like Charmaine was very like strong-willed and she kind of um it seems like Charmaine was like really stuck in this whole like my mom is gonna come back and she's gonna take me away from all of this shit her mom being Raina um because, again, she wasn't living with anybody who was remotely biologically related to her. And she knew that, right? So she, um, I guess she used to say her real mummy, in quotes, would uh, eventually come back to her. And uh, Rose, like, was really pissed by this, apparently. Like, probably for no reason. Rose kind of just sounded like she was kind of just, like, an angry person all the time anyway. Hell, she, like, her mom literally got electroconvulsive therapy while she was in the womb so did she have great impulse control or a fully developed prefrontal cortex or probably not 
Probably not is the answer to all those questions. Um, a childhood friend of Charmaine and Anna Marie said that she once witnessed Charmaine like standing on top of a chair naked and gagged um, with her hands tied behind her back in the kitchen. Uh, and like basically like the friend had like walked in the front door to like play with Charmaine and Anna Marie and she saw Charmaine like being physically and verbally abused by Rose as like a punishment, right? Um, and there was one occasion where Charmaine received medical care at the hospital for a puncture wound in her left ankle. Um, this was March 28th, 1971. Um, and, you know, this is kind of the turning point. There is believed there's, there is one victim that is believed to, like, have occurred before this. Um, um, there was, like, a 15-year-old named Mary Bastholm who... Uh, was killed around this time, um, 1968. Uh, there's not a lot of, like, details on it, but um, West's, West, um, one of his sons that he goes on to have, believes that this was his father that did this. So just keep that in mind. But the first one that we're, like, sure of is about to happen, the first murder. Yeah, we're going to pause right here for part two. Uh, we hope you join us back for um the next episode uh let us know what you think so far about this case um if you know anything about this case we'd love to hear from you guys um hope i know a lot of there wasn't like a ton of action as terrible as that sounds in this episode um but there's some crazy shit about to happen in part two so prepare yourself um to get some breathing get some uh palate cleansers in there between the t if you're binging these yeah, episodes watch like do some something in the middle do something in the middle here before you move on to part two um because you will need it because it shit gets pretty because, intense like basically up to this point there's been a lot of bad stuff that's happened but like the stuff that's gonna happen in the next episode that we're gonna talk about is like way worse so so if you think it's bad now do some self-care this week guys right and if you're binging this like take a break before you listen to part two <laughs> i would highly recommend uh thanks so much for listening guys uh as as i said hopefully you'll join us for the next episode we'd love to see you guys in part two of this fred and rosemary west saga of horror bullshit and uh until then you can find us on instagram at who what where podcast we're also on facebook as well as everywhere you get your podcasts um and yeah hopefully we'll see you next week in part two 